Thank you, Leah. Just before we start, um, I want to extend my welcome. Thank you for being part of Youth Sunday with us. I do have a thank you and farewell to Ella Walter. She has been a dedicated youth leader for the last three years and attending community church for the last five. As well as being one of our youth leaders, she has also led one of the young adult life groups. So a big task. Thank you for your kindness, your generosity, your wisdom. She's definitely inspired me and spoken into my life and helped me lead our youth, as well as Alex, who's sitting next to her, and Case, who's also in the green shirt. But Ella will be going on to live in the UK to be with her family and her fiancé. So thank you, Ella, for all that you've done to contribute to our community in the church and outside of the church. Yes. We also want to say thank you and farewell to the Nutland family. So three of their daughters, Sarah, Eliana and Rebecca, have been part of our young adults ministry and Abby, their youngest, has been part of our youth. So as a family, they have been part of our youth community, been very generous and giving and again provided wisdom from a parental level that I've sought many times to ensure I don't kill our kids. And so they've been able to speak into that and also support our church in many ways. And I, on behalf of the church, just want to wish them all the best as God journeys with them to start their, restart their life again in the UK with their family. So I just wanted to acknowledge them as well. Let's get stuck in. Why renew the mind? So today I want to leave you with something that will help you think, will help you feel, and will help you act. We're going to meditate on a powerful scripture in Romans as Leah read for us. So thank you, Leah. And then bridge it with some practical scriptures from the book of Philippians. A deep dive into God's word. Are you ready? Oh my goodness. All right, we're going to pray. We're going to (laughs) pray. Okay, Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share with our church family and friends in the church at the moment and online. Silence us, still us. And help us to surrender, to allow you to work in us so we can be the people of God we were created to be. May everything I say and do point to who you are, Father and God. All honour and glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. I'd like to share a personal story with you. And I realised as I was putting this together and sharing it in the last service... My mum has not heard this story. So for sure I'll be getting a phone call after I um, share with you because she'll be watching at some stage, as our family does. So it's August 2019, two years ago, and I play summer hockey as well as the winter league. So summer hockey is mixed hockey. So we play with guys and girls and against other teams from different levels. And on this particular game night... We were playing against some of the national players of Hong Kong. So Hong Kong does have a national hockey team, a men's and women's one. They're excellent. So one of the guys was defending me and decided to challenge me. Even though I knew I was going to get to the ball before him, he decided to try and outrun me and instead, and it was deliberate apparently, slam into me and then I collapsed. I was concussed for a minute and as I got up and took a few extra steps... I collapsed again. Eventually, I made it home. And when I woke up the next day and went into the lounge, my housemate took one look at me and she said, 
something's not right. And when I went to have a look in the mirror, part of my head was swollen and then part of my face was distorted. So we had to go to the hospital, but I really didn't want to because on previous occasions when I've been to the hospital with blood gushing out, also due to hockey injuries, it's been about four or five hours before I'm seen and looked after, etc. So I just wanted to stay home and rest. But by the grace of God, I was in and out within an hour. Came home and that's when my mental torment began. I've been through my parents' divorce, my own divorce, as well as other hardships but never, never have I experienced such mental anguish as I did for that month. For that month, I was not the grace God created me to be. I was rude, angry, I ignored people and I wanted constantly to be at home and alone. I would bang my head against a wall, scream into pillows and knock my hands against my head. I did anything to dislodge whatever was stuck in my head. Even though I prayed to have this way of thinking and feeling take it away, God was not answering my prayer. A couple of times I was suicidal and I even created an in-case-I-die list, a, a will in a way. Again, I prayed, God, where are you? After everything you've brought me through and done for me and everything I've given to you, you're leaving me now? Silence. I was tired of battling Tired of praying, tired of hurting myself and hurting others, tired of screaming and tired of the battle that was going on in my mind. So for the first time, I sat still and I was silent. And then came to me. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. I was like, what? You want me to read the Bible now? I was, I was not in any frame of mind to open up God's word. Again, I sat silent and still. Again, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. And God knows I can be lazy. So two verses. I mean, how hard can it be, right? The Apostle Paul, so apostle meaning a messenger, one who is sent, was writing to the Romans and in particular the Christians in Rome. Paul is in Corinth while he's writing this letter. So was, Corinth was a mess, so he had work to do there. So instead, he sent this letter to the church in Rome. These people were battling perverted poverty, perverted power, persecution and poverty. They were watching their fellow Christians being burnt alive as their inflamed bodies were being used to line the streets of Rome as a mockery and as a warning for not obeying the powers of Rome. Seeing something like this would definitely mess with your mind and your faith. Paul was warning them, though, not to weaken in their faith and not to conform, to be at peace with everyone and to share and care for the widow, the orphan and those in need. In a nutshell, the entire book of Romans can be summarised like this to warn against disobedience to God, to persevere and be faithful in prayer and encourage one another with acts and words of hospitality and kindness. There's so much to unpack with this verse, but I'm, we're going to go through it briefly and then we're going to dive into the not to conform and the transformed part. Thank you again, Leah, for reading us the scripture. Okay, God's mercy. 
So in light of God's mercy, God's mercy is his loving kindness, his grace, his provisions, his goodness. Offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Offering our bodies means our head, our heart, our hands, our will, giving everything to God after everything he's given us. This is our true worship. Do not conform to the passion of this world. Do not give in to the evil and corruption and allow it to influence you. In biological science, they define conform as an organism whose internal environment is highly influenced by external factors. Conform means to give in to peer pressure, social and media pressures, professional and relational pressures that are not in line with God's law nor God's will. In my case, the external factor was allowing the enemy to influence my mind with unkind thoughts which turned into hurtful actions towards others. Conforming is a mindful choice. You either conform and ignore God or you resist the external voices that battle in your mind and surrender to God and allow him to transform you from head to toe, inside out. So why renew the mind? Why is the mind so important that the enemy chooses to target our mind? And God wants us to offer it and surrender it to him. The mind is targeted because it is used to reason, to be rational, to think, and to make choices. What happens in the mind will influence our entire being from head to toe, inside out. By not conforming, we choose to silence the other voices. Silence helps us to hear God's voice alone. Silence is actually a spiritual discipline, much like reading the Bible, worship, service. Silence is a spiritual discipline that we are told to take and practice. Through silence, prayer and reading the Bible, we enable the truth to influence our entire being. Head to toe, inside out. And God's truth brings peace. Jesus did not conform. Despite temptation, slander, the Pharisees were challenging him and testing him because he knew who he was and whose he was. Do not conform means do not give in to the noises and ideas that are not godly. We make the choice to shut out the voices that are not in line and do not build the kingdom of God and are not in line with God's will and his goodness. Not conforming is a mindful choice. But be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Transformation is a process. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus is transfigured, is transformed in front of the disciples. But before that, 17 chapters before that, Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount, was performing countless miracles, and still the disciples did not believe that he was the Son of God. So it took the power of God to transform him into his glorified state, the way God wanted his son to be seen. God says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased and whom I love. 
listened to him. Only then, and by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, were the disciples' eyes and the, the truth of God's glory and the power that was working through his son was truly revealed. And they then realised, oh, okay, now we get it. Oh, yeah, now we get it. He's, he is God's son. But it took all of that. What do we have to wait for in order to see God's power to transform? The power of God was working through Jesus and was also transforming the disciples' minds as they witnessed Jesus being transformed, transfigured. They were convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit again, revealing Jesus as the Son of God. And we need the Holy Spirit to convict us, to reveal truth, to turn away from whatever it is that we're conforming to and to defeat it. This is the same transformative power God is offering to us by renewing our minds. But the choice is ours. It starts in our heads. But we must be silent. Conforming is a mindful choice and transforming and transformation is a process. I have a warning for you. Conforming, be careful who you surround yourself with. There are nice people. They tell you what you want to hear to make you feel good and they are echoing the culture. They are saying things that other people are saying make people feel good. And then there are kind people. They tell you the truth to help you be and do good. They are the alternative to the culture. Our youth don't come on Friday nights and on Sundays because I'm a nice person. We do have ridiculous amounts of ice cream, but that's not why, <laughs> that's not why they come either. I encourage you, know the difference, be the difference. But the choice is ours. It starts in our heads, but we must be silent. Do not conform. God wants to transform us into being more Christ-like, which is explained at the beginning of Philippians. I'm going to now take you through powerful scriptures and practical scriptures in Philippians to give you something to help you think, feel and act and put it into practice. If you feel that I'm going too fast or you haven't had time to write down the scriptures, I encourage you, get into the book of Philippians. It's an one hour, an hour of power and I just encourage you to do that because you will be well equipped for whatever it is you're going to handle amongst other books of the Bible. So let's dive into the book of Philippians. So fast forward a few more years, Paul is now imprisoned in Rome. Again, he's writing to the new Christians who are starting there with a similar message. However, unlike the Christians in Rome, the warning is different because these guys in Philippi, instead of the Romans, instead of the Christians in Rome who were experiencing perverse power, persecution and poverty, the Christians in Philippi 
We're experiencing intellectual powers, permissions. You can do whatever you want and prosperity. These guys were raking it in. They had an abundance. And this led to the point of being overwhelmed. Again, Paul sends a warning. Beware of false teachers. Encourage one another to live harmoniously and with humility and to serve well with your wealth. Wealth of time, knowledge, wisdom, resources. Philippi was also where the majority of the Roman military retired along with their families. So although there was a whole lot of prosperity, there was also a lack of purpose. These men and women who knew what they had to do day in, day out were now a little bit lost. Paul was combating this hopelessness and conflict that can overwhelm the mind. This, along with an abundance of teachers and everyone voicing their opinions, may have been the cause of the anxiety amongst the people that Paul was addressing. Paul writes, using the same language that the military personnel are used to, guard your hearts, press on, stand firm, take hold, advance the gospel. So I feel convicted to arm you with the power of God's word, to resist conformity that you know is against the will and goodness of God. When you resist, only then will you begin to allow God to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Think. Something to help us think. Our heads and silent. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You'll hear the words and read the words will be later on when I take you through the second scripture. It's that blessed reassurance of knowing God will be with you. It's not a maybe, it's not an if you do X, Y, Z. It's the comfort and knowledge, knowing that God keeps his promises, will be with you. And I've had to hold on so tight to those promises. And I know God is faithful. He does keep his promises. You all have homework. Except for our youth. (laughs) Okay, tomorrow morning, as soon as you wake up, listen to any song, listen and read any article. Guaranteed throughout the day, you will have that song ringing in your head and highly likely that it will also be in your head as you go to sleep that night. Same thing, the article that you read or the passage that you read, whatever it is that you get into your heads first thing in the morning, will come out in a conversation in some way throughout the day. And highly likely that will also be in your mind as soon as you, just before you go to bed. Whatever we feed our head is going to filter into our heart and come out through our mouths. Each day we think about and choose how we fill our heads and how we renew our minds. 
The only way we can renew our minds is not to conform to the unwholesome voices and unhealthy influences. But the choice is ours. It starts in our heads, but we must be silent. Heart, something to make you feel, help you feel heart and still. Paul goes on to say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Writing a thanksgiving gratitude list is one of the ways people who do struggle with mental illness help to alleviate some of that anxiety. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Romans, Paul was warning against the conforming because he knows the overwhelming nature of having too many voices. And these false teachers in Philippi, they were causing part of that anxiety. Who do you listen to? Something to help us act. Our hands, surrender, open, open your hands to release and we open our Bible to receive. When we are overwhelmed with too many voices, we must go back to God's word. This breaks through the noise because we hear one voice, his voice of truth, his truth which brings peace. Making time with God is a lot like exercise. We have the right idea. We've got a plan. We really want to do it because we know it's good for us. Everything is ready and prepared. But then something gets in the way. We make an excuse. Something needs to be tidied up. Someone needs to be messaged. We do a quick scroll for inspiration and then we get lost and we don't do it. But then... We fight against that and we read one line, and maybe two lines, and maybe a chapter and maybe a little bit more. And at the end, oh, this was so great. Why don't I do this more often? And we understand that our minds are renewed, restored, reassured and rested in the wisdom and truth of God's word. When I had that terrible month, I was in no state of mind to read the Bible. But in the end, I surrendered to it because I had nowhere else to go. Praying these scriptures over yourself and others who need renewal. Scripture spoken as prayer, when you say it out loud, helps us to focus on what we are praying and why we are praying. It makes us more conscious about what we are praying and how we are praying and why we are praying. Why renew the mind? Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, it gives us clarity to test and to understand what God wants for us. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. And I believe God's good, pleasing and perfect will is to be in relationship with us. He wants us to be spiritually healthy with him first, with ourselves and with each other.
He wants us not to conform and not to be influenced by other ungodly voices. His voice can break through and that's how he broke through to me. I continue to challenge you. What are you listening to? What are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you following? I was silent, still and surrendered and allowed God to transform me by the renewing, renewal of my mind. He answered my prayer through his word and according to his will in his timing. And this is why we pray, to engage God in the battle we know we cannot do on our own and we cannot defeat it without his help. God is with us in the battle, even when we can't see it or feel it. But the choice is ours. It starts in our heads. But we must be silent. Are you prepared to stop conforming? Are you prepared to be transformed? Are you prepared to be renewed? Are you ready to be silent, still and surrender?